I was just saying that I ate a hard-boiled egg right before I came over to do this podcast. Yeah. I'm trying to get in some protein, <laughs> you know, in a short amount of time. Lots of protein, short amount of time. So, you know how Me it is. Too. Are you also trying to get that body that's on my vision Okay. Board? Well, first of all, just to give context to people, I'm here with Nicole Buchanan. And I'm looking at her vision board. Okay. Pretty and, embarrassing. And right before she started, she said, I want to have that body so that <laughs> nobody cheats on me. And quite <laughs> frankly, okay, I want to break this down because that's not, that's not reality. I think every woman gets cheated on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think, I think men are garbage. I mean, we can get into that. See, I don't want uh, this to start out with man hanging already. I don't either. <laughs> like, I love men. I have some beautiful men in my life. I love men. You know, but right now I'm I'm currently retired from uh, dating and sex. So, so on your vision board, you have first of all that's Britney Spears from what year? Yeah, okay. So <laughs> I'll explain that, that one too. So that one. So for those of you who don't know me, pretty recently and not too recently, maybe back in February, I had kind of a meltdown publicly and uh, posted on Facebook and then went to a hospital and then uh, people were looking for me. And it was really embarrassing. And so uh, this was the Rolling Stone cover when Britney came back from her meltdown. Oh, <laughs> that's oh, right. Ever yeah. And released a bomb ass album. And so I was like, it's OK. I can come back from this. And that's what that was from. OK. Yeah. If Britney can do it. I but it's, do it. it should be more about the, the mental health. Right. Right. It's more. <laughs> sure. And also showing bitches what's up. Right. Yeah, you know, I've had I've had some meltdowns, not quite as extreme as, you know, what other people have experienced. I have, <laughs> I've had like multiple like Twitter meltdowns. I've seen. <laughs> oh, you have. <laughs> I've seen them. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people like screenshot my tweets, and I have no idea what's going on, and they're probably like texting them to each other. Isn't that serious? Uh, I don't think I've ever. Oh wait. Maybe oh I have, but it was because I was talking to another girl and I was like, I feel like Heather Maruli just says what all of us are feeling inside <laughs> but never wanna like say out loud. Oh, I, I say like honest shit. That you know, that's what I'm trying to go for like, though. We're all crazy and not even just girls, okay? Like we're all fucking crazy and if we all said what we wanted to say all the time, we would sound in in fucking sync because I'm, I'm saying not only girls because i've heard guys say shit like i hope my ex-girlfriend fucking dies <laughs> if you posted that shit online you'd be in handcuffs tomorrow i'm laughing <laughs> i'm laughing so hard because i believe that about some of the guys i've dated yeah um oh you're saying that because i'm a woman like nobody like really takes puts credence in that well no like i'm saying i'm saying because i when I say Heather Marilli saying what we're all feeling inside, I'm saying not just women. I'm saying like we all like kind of have meltdowns about 
like relationships and shit. Yeah. And uh, some people yeah. are just more out in the open about it. <laughs> well, I, I kind of need to like get it out of my system. Otherwise, I'll just like, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't really know another way. You know, it's really hard. It is really hard when you have a lot of anger um, towards someone and you don't really know what to do with it. I think that's that's really hard like you feel like you need to release it some way and Mm -hmm. something needs to happen but like uh that person's moved on or like whatever so you're like ah what do i do with all this anger right um and some people go to therapy and some people post on twitter oh i do both i do it all baby (laughs) i no i go to therapy regularly and i just like dump my feelings on twitter um, but actually, recently, it hasn't been, like, as bad as it yeah. was. My <laughs> anger manifests in sadness. I'm really bad at being angry. I don't get angry a lot. Like, uh, but I just get, like, really... I feel like I turn all my anger on other people onto myself. Ah. Like, like, if I get cheated on, I'm like, ah, man, I'm not fucking hot enough or cool enough or, like, whatever. Oh. Or if, like, someone's treating me like shit oh um, yeah yeah yeah. oh not even guys but just like anyone treats me like shit i'm like oh i must not be like worth treating no i i i totally relate to that i totally get what you're saying i wouldn't say that it's like turning anger inward is that what you're saying like you're like turning anger inward i start to hate myself right no but i totally get that because like every time like a guy has like treated me like shit or something i've been like Oh, well, like, maybe he wouldn't treat me like shit if I was, like, you know, like, a size six and, right. you know, like, really pretty. Like, again, hot. I am pretty, but you know what I mean? Too. Like, I feel like guys... If go, I looked a certain way guys or if go I... through the same thing. Like, they think, like, oh, because I'm... I think that's a, 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 where a lot of the whole nice guy shit comes from when they're like, oh, if I wasn't such a, like, like a pussy or, like, if I just, like, then I wouldn't be, like, fucked over. And um, I think for everyone, it really just has to do with self-esteem right well you know that's interesting you bring that up because i i forget what podcast i was listening to today but they were talking about how important it is to for when you're growing up to have self-esteem instilled in you by your parents and i did not have that at all i mean i did by my mom um but i i don't know like i was i just i didn't grow up with it and i'm still trying to figure out why i really didn't grow up with a good sense of self-esteem and i'm working on it and i feel like i'm i'm kind of getting there right um i'm like not putting up with as much as i used to and i feel like i have yeah i do have way more of a um a base line of self-esteem that i can rely oh yeah on right totally now. well for me i know exactly what it was with my parents my parents they they both had no self-esteem like Mm. they or like really low self-esteem and they like took well my dad used to like take it out on me and my sister i feel like that's my situation too and i love my dad but i i feel like it was a similar situation where he was kind of like he had a really bad childhood and was Mm -hmm. like beaten and his dad was an alcoholic and like all Mm -hmm. this stuff and um i think he definitely had a lot of shit going on and he's admitted to me like he's you know when he's gone through bad times life he's taken it out on like he's gotten drunk and taken it out on me and my brother and we yeah. kind of grew up with but um but he's a lot older now. I think the thing is he had me when he was like or my parents had me when they were like 21. That's really young. <laughs> and so like yeah. you're not ready to take on that sure. you come into yourself yet. Yeah. So it just I think I just grew up with like very young. Parents. No, it's no, it's funny my parents were kind of older when I was born. Like my dad was 44 and my mom was almost 35. Mm-hmm. But like 
I, from what I know about my parents, they were always like the same and neither of them has ever been interested in like self-improvement or self-care yeah. or like therapy. And that like makes me sad, you know, yeah. because I'm so um into all of this stuff. Like I've been in therapy on and off for 17 years. Right. Um, I, The way I started going to therapy was because when I was, uh, I was 14. This was in eighth grade. Like I was just like suicidal because like kids were making fun of me at school. And I, I kept saying that I was going to kill myself. And my dad was like, take her to therapy. (laughs) So I went to therapy and that's how that started. Um, but like both of my parents, like they're both like self-absorbed in like totally different ways. Like Mm -hmm. my mom is like, she was really depressed when I was growing up. And like, I just remember like her being in bed all the time depressed and then Which my... is why I'm never having kids, by the way. Oh, because you wouldn't want them to because I wouldn't experience. Wanna... Well, I I do love, I like kids, um, and I I feel like I just feel like with my depression, I don't know if I'd be able to be the, the kind of mom that, that I'd you would want be. to be, or that you would want them to have. And I'm afraid of like yeah, going through like long spells of depression, which I do, and mm. neglecting their needs and. Um, but I think already by you acknowledging that stuff that you're already like ahead of the, that's what my therapist said, you know, (laughs) that you're aware of the fact that you're thinking about that. But also, I mean, who knows? I used to say 100% no, definitely. I don't want kids. Um, and then like with, you know, doing stand up, I feel like it's hard, but I'm not going to. Well, you're also still so young. So right. you don't need to like even think <laughs> exactly. about it. Like I'm old. I'm much older than you. Much older. <laughs> I'm. Listen, if industry is listening, I am barely older than Nicole. <laughs> they are almost the exact same age. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I think I, I do want to have kids. But see, the problem is, is like, I can't even find like a guy who like texts me back right now <laughs> so it's like how am i gonna have a child in the world you know with some some person who doesn't even respect me so that's like what i'm working Allie on McBeal? um my mom watched it and i remember like walking in on her watching it and she'd be like this is a great show but my mom used to watch it and then when it like uh it's not on netflix anymore but it was on netflix and we binge watched it together uh one summer and i became obsessed with it and uh she like by the end of it like she's going through all these like dudes or whatever and falling in love and getting her heart broken and stuff like that and then at the end she realized what she's missing in her life as a child and so Mm -hmm. she but then she uh because she finds out that she had a daughter she didn't know about because she like donated her eggs and there was a mix up and whatever okay and then like she falls in love with like her own child you know like not like falls in the, like you know she just mm. she realized that's the kind of love she in her life and then she was like a single mom but she was happy and like whatever um but i don't know god i love that show it made me want to be a lawyer and then i realized i just wanted to be a like a tv lawyer right like oh lawyer. yeah no i work in a real <laughs> law firm and it's not fun at all no, so i wouldn't advise you she to- was like her whole thing is she was like uh like a neurotic like you know uh, unlucky in love, like fun lawyer, not mm-hmm. like a, what most of them actually are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I actually was watching a, this law show. Have you seen Goliath? It's on no. Amazon. It's with Billy Bob Thornton. I don't know why, but I really like him. And, uh, 
I don't know what's going on there, but (laughs) anywho, it's about, it's about law and like they, like whatever, whoever's like writing their scripts, like the terminology they're using is like really wrong because Mm -hmm. I work in the same type of law that they do. And I just like, every time I see it, I'm like, that's not what any, nobody talks like that. So do they hire consultants? Yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah. So I was telling somebody like, maybe I should get a job like as a consultant for like law stuff on TV shows. I'm just like making up jobs. I guess I should put that on my vision board. I can't believe I don't have a vision board. I should have one. I made one. Uh, my friend convinced me to come over and we were going to make vision boards together. And uh, I don't know. I like it. I, I can take, you know, that one in the corner off because uh, I just did a Why would show, you take, uh, well, I guess. show for Comedy Central. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I th- I feel like looking at something every day that shows you what your goals are is a uh, is a good. It can't be a bad thing, right? So. Definitely. Well, I keep um like a list of like in Google Drive. I have a list of goals. That's what. So one day I was having one of my meltdowns, and I texted my good friend Connor McSpadden and yeah. went over to his place. Hi, Connor. Like, He's uh, not listening. <laughs> uh, went over to his place at like fucking midnight and was having a meltdown. He's like, let's make a list of like your goals. You ever do that? And I was like, no. And then he like opened up. Yeah. Like a, a right. thing and showed me his. And so we we're making And I was like, well, I have like a vision board. And he's like, yeah, that's like a list, but for girls. <laughs> so yeah. No, it's that's... prettier. And it's something you can put in, but it's kind of embarrassing. I don't like it when people come over and see it. Cause it's like, kind of Oh gay. no, don't be embarrassed. Cause I, I, I'm I into, I mean, I if you were not be into that stuff, like I, like people are like, you should meditate and like make a vision board and like all this stuff. And I was like, fuck you. But like, and then I have, um, like a few friends who are super like spiritual and into like mm. all that stuff, like the universe it'll give you if you like manifest and whatever. Well, I believe shit. in that stuff. Well, I know you have like the crystals and shit. <laughs> yeah. If we were in my place right now, you'd be like, what's with all these crystals? Honestly, and these candles? Though, like I feel like I'm starting to get into that stuff. Not even necessarily. I don't know if I like 100% believe in it, but it makes me feel good. Like it oh, makes me yeah, feel to like. Me, to me, it's not really a belief system yeah. it's more like this is something that helps me feel more right. at peace yeah it's something it's like self-care yeah. something like well, it is like, self-care if it for makes sure. you feel like you're doing something for yourself and like right. whatever and i feel that way about anything like religion like if that makes you feel good sure. like that you're gonna go to heaven when you die even though you're not you're gonna <laughs> rest in the dirt um <laughs> yeah like, if that gives you a sense of security and hope then like i see nothing wrong with it as long as you don't start wars and shit over it yeah well i was uh i was raised catholic and and I, I just remember, like, oh, my God, they, like, tried to put, like, the fear of God into children. Like, when yeah. you were you raised Catholic? Or? No, uh, my mom was uh, Catholic, but, like, she yeah. didn't, my both, neither of my parents really raised me with any kind of belief. We were, like, a two-time-a-year churchgoer, like, Easter and CEO Christmas Eve. CEO was what they call it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, like, they believe in God, but I remember around middle school, I was like, I don't think I believe in this. And my mom was like, that's okay. And right. My dad was like, "That's not okay." But what am I gonna do? I remember <laughs> telling my mom. I think I was like a freshman in high school. I was like, we were literally standing outside of church, and I was like, "I wish we were Jewish." <laughs> oh my god! I said I've that. Had that thought so many times. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I had. Uh, I lived with um someone who was Jewish in college, and like, I just wanted to know everything about it. She taught me like the Shabbat prayer and shit like that, and like. I just uh, right. I don't know why love. 
I just I think I just everyone I meet who's Jewish I just like them more and so I was like yeah I was I'm looking for a nice Jewish husband so are you would you convert yeah why not I don't see why not but I mean I don't I don't think you you don't really have to do that unless somebody's like super like strict about it well you have to do if they if you want to get like married in the temple right oh yeah I guess no I want to get married on a on a mountainside in Aspen so I'm not getting married in any sort of religious. I don't know if I want to get married. Oh well, you're so first. Wait, how old are you? Twenty five. Uh, but I, I'm the same age. No. The, the thing is, like, I I'm not saying like I wouldn't want to like be with someone forever. But I feel like if you're gonna be with someone forever, then be with someone forever. Why do you need paperwork and shit? Oh well, I mean, I guess there's like other like divorce is so know, expensive. And realistically, that's how it's gonna end. Married, like a tax break or. You know, just being able to, like, file your taxes together and, like, pay less money to the government. I mean, that's, like, a lot of reasons why people get married. Or for health insurance. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if one person has health insurance but and the other doesn't. But now they have, doesn't. like, common law shit, right? Like, oh, yeah. Well, for... one of my best friends who I knew uh, since elementary school. Well, we're not friends anymore, but um, she knows why. And... <laughs> It's it's over a guy. Anyway, so she, isn't that sad? That's her fault. Um, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, like she had a boyfriend for like eight years or something and they were living together. This was in Colorado. And I think if you're like living at the same address with a boyfriend or girlfriend, you're common law married after like six fucking months. That's like a real thing. And she had to go. <laughs> She had to like go to court to like you know get stuff straightened out and she but did, did they have to get like a divorce? Uh, I don't know. I technically I'm not well. I'm not really sure on that. But they had to divide up property because uh, they had bought a house together, even though they weren't married. Isn't that stupid? That's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know why we're not friends anymore. So if you're listening, um, I hope you feel bad about that. Uh, <laughs> she's not listening. She she has a kid now with some other guy oh. so my sister is in touch with her because they're you know they're mommies now yeah my mom my sister has two kids okay so um yeah i don't relate to that but <laughs> you know that's what she likes to do she's a stay-at-home mom and i feel like she's like changed a lot since she's done that um it's oh, kind sure. of well it's funny because like when we were growing up like she was like this crazy like party girl mm-hmm. you know, like way more than me i was so uptight when we were growing up i don't know if you could see that about me but no yeah i could see that <laughs> i was like uptight and like afraid to like drink and, i was too I and drink until do drugs and like, stuff just before i turned 21 well i know i started drinking probably when i was like 15 <laughs> Yeah, see, I didn't drink in high school. Yeah, but I grew up in, like, you know, in Colorado, there's, like, nothing to do there. So that's all you're doing is, like, just getting wasted with people. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, but she was, like, definitely out there. And, you know, I guess she had her little party moment or whatever. And then she had kids. So, I don't know. It worked out for her, I guess. But... My mom, like, every time I go home, she's like, when are you going to have a child? I'm like, when am I going to have <laughs> yeah. just, like, a nice boyfriend? When am I going to have someone who, like, calls me two days in a row? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. No, seriously. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I, I really feel at this point that I never want 
to date ever again right now. I mean, that'll pass. Um, but I, I get where you're coming from. I don't know. Like, I've been on... I don't know if you've seen any of the... Sometimes I'll post screenshots of... Uh, off of like dating apps of guys that they recommend to me i get so fucking offended with some of the men that they recommend to me they're like um heather and trevor we think that you're most compatible and that's just like a guy i'm not attracted to at all and he's like i love video games i'm like oh no like you're the wrong person for me and that's not to say i'm against video games it's just like i don't want to date somebody who's like obsessed with video games I just feel like I'm not really interested in anyone. Um, and I've gotten to this point where I am. I feel like I am. And I haven't been at this point ever. And I feel like this is kind of the first time I'm really at this point where I feel like I'm actually ready for someone who treats me well. And oh, like, yeah. I I know what I deserve. And I feel yeah. like very confident in well, that. Well, I've started just like... Not started. I guess I go through phases of this. But... Um, like sometimes like if a guy just like does something I don't like, I'll just be like, like, don't contact me ever again. Like there was this guy who texted me after midnight and I told him I was like, I'm way too old to be texted after midnight. So like, don't do that to me. Yeah. You know, but (laughs) the fact that I even had to say that at all, like is exhausting. Yeah. I feel like I'm not going to be into someone who isn't all in on me anymore and i'm not gonna be into someone that i don't trust and i also am going to be way less quick to trust because i was talking about this Mm -hmm. yesterday with my therapist is that i think the um the first time i fell in love and i put that in air quotes because i don't know that i really did Mm -hmm. because I just I let this person in like way too fast because I had I've done that a lot I hadn't had experience like I'd never I hadn't really dated that much and I I hadn't fallen in love and I hadn't really gotten my heart broken yet and so I just was very quick to trust this person and think that I was falling in love with them but in reality I'd known them for maybe three months and thought I was in love with them and at that point you don't know that person right like at all (laughs) I thought I did like I thought I knew them and then you know we broke up and then I the more and more and more I got to know him the more I realized oh I didn't know him at all but I was still convinced that the person that I quote unquote fell in love with was like the real him Mm -hmm. and that everything that happened after that was just like like oh no I know the real him like sure you know and um but the the truth of the matter is I didn't the person I fell in love with was the person that was there for the first three months that was like you know in that honeymoon stage and like you know wanted to whatever and then everything that he showed me after that was the real him but I just like didn't want to believe that and so I got caught up in something for a really long time because I thought that I very much trusted and loved and knew someone that I didn't at all. And then Mm -hmm. I just kept that image of him in my head that that's who he was. And then, so now I realize like, I never really was in love with him. I was in in love with what I thought was him. Right. And it wasn't. Oh man, I do that Uh, (laughs) so much. I do that so much. And then I just, you know, let whatever happened happen after that because I'm, uh, I was, you know, an idiot and not an idiot. It was just my first time experiencing. Well, yeah, no, these are all like learning and growing. Right. And so now I, I, now I know it's a lesson learned that like for the next person, not to let like the initial, like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. Um, and not to let that 
break down whatever and I don't even have that many walls because I feel like I'm a very uh, open and honest person but not to just like get wrapped up in someone when I don't even really know who they are yet right and um, just kind of keep that in mind (laughs) for next time and I feel like it'll go a lot uh, smoother that way and I'm sure I'll get my heart broken like 10 more times 20 more times a million more times but um Oh, yeah. All of them are definitely a lesson learned, and and you learn what you deserve and what you don't, and, um, you know, I'm in a good place with it. Yeah, but you know what I've realized as I've gotten older, um, because I am, like, a whole year older than you, um, that's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've noticed that, okay, so one of the things I kind of take issue with like especially societally is that women and girls from a young age are basically conditioned to, you know, seek out some sort of like grand, like romantic love story. And I think this is like almost chaotic. Like you almost think that chaos and like the ups and downs and shit. Yeah. Like like it's real love. Yeah. 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 No, exactly. No, exactly. No, and it's totally toxic to be like, like, oh, I'm in love with this person and this is the only person that matters to me. Like, there is like something like really sick about that. It reminds me of that. Did you ever see that Reese Witherspoon movie uh, with Mark Wahlberg, Fear? Where he, they were no. in high school and he was like a fucking like, you know, it was like, oh, like, oh, we're in love. But he was like an obsessive, like crazy fucking boyfriend that went all crazy. Mm-mm. Anyway, yeah, Mark Wahlberg. That's before Mark Wahlberg um, sold us cheeseburgers. Um, and <laughs> God, what a traitor uh, he is. Also, stop making Transformers. I hate those movies. Um, anywho, yeah, no, I think like what we're teaching like young girls is 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 like it's totally toxic and unhealthy it's like this expectation like oh you know when you grow up you're gonna fall in love with a man and get married and have children and be a wife and mother in the end you know and and i think it's like totally detrimental to young women i mean maybe it's changed a little i don't know because i feel like you and i like um you know we both went to college like we have you know more of like an empowered sort of but all that, background. Like, I guess Disney, maybe that's a generational like, thing. Love at first sight stuff is so dangerous. It's so dangerous because like there's no love at first sight. You don't fucking know that person. You're looking at this. If I saw Jeffrey Dahmer, I'd be like, wow, what a hot babe. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you can't fall in love with someone yeah, no, looks are looks are totally deceiving, you know. Absolutely. And what I've noticed in my personal experience is that usually like the better looking and more charming the guy, the more likely he is to be a total fucking well, asshole or that's psycho. That's not necessarily <laughs> true because um, you know, in my mind, I was like, wow, maybe if I date down, they'll really appreciate <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um but like you you know it doesn't matter whether uh i've seen like guys who fucking suck they're losers and they're ugly and gross and they have treated like really great mm. amazing beautiful women yeah wrong oh, and i'm not yeah. talking about me i'm talking about things i've seen in you know out in life um and it, it really sucks because I think it does come down to a self-esteem thing on both. Ends. Oh, definitely. On both. Oh, ends. I know exactly what you're talking about because when a guy, like even when he's 
like I think a lot of women think this like oh like the less attractive men will treat me better and that's not necessarily yeah. true because like not at all. men who have low self-esteem and they see themselves as low value mm-hmm. like if a guy like hates himself that's the biggest right. red flag yeah. in any dating relationship a and I've had that repeatedly and a guy hating his mother are the two oh yeah those are huge but yeah if a guy hates himself like he's definitely going to project that onto you Mm -hmm. and like there's just no winning that and by the way i'm guilty of that too because i've i grew up like i said with really low self-esteem and i've um that's made me maybe be a little uh i don't know not the not like the first guy i fell in love with but the the guys i dated before that i didn't I didn't treat very well. Not a, like I wasn't mean to them. I didn't cheat on anyone. In fact, I was still a virgin, so I didn't fuck any of them. Right. Um, but I was kind of like, uh, and and maybe this is part of what makes me a comic too, is I'm a ball buster or whatever. But I, sure. was, I would kind of constantly tease them and try and cut them down, I think, yeah. to kind of make them think like, oh, I'm too good for you. Yeah. And that wasn't right. When I think back on like some of the jokes I made some of them were kind of cruel and I I felt like I was kind of like it was my insecurity and I was kind of making them feel like below me right and like teasing them so that they like felt like they were lucky to be with me and that was just coming from my own insecurity and I cut that shit out for sure um although I don't know that I have and that it's just that now I've dated like comics who are cool with it and like yeah. we'll just laugh yeah um whereas like the other guys were like hey that's kind of mean you know what I mean right but uh, I never now I never mean it to be like cruel like I've ne- I, I would never intentionally want to like hurt anyone um sometimes I just think something would be funny to say and I say it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Well, on um, the last guy I dated, seriously, like he, w- I, what I noticed about him and now looking back on it now, he was one of those people who like, you know, when like somebody says something to you and you just like hold on to it yeah. like way too much and you read into it way too much. Mm-hmm. Like he would constantly like bring up these things that I had said like months ago. Yeah. And I was like, why are you even still thinking about this? And I realized it's because he has that sort of like that mindset where he's kind of like um, self-sabotaging and like stuck in the past and has like a low self-esteem Oh, yeah, and I'm definitely guilty of that as well. Um, and especially with uh, the last person that I dated told me that I was, like, said a lot of stuff about me being, like, emotionally needy and, mm. like, all this stuff, which is really hard for me because, you know, I did, like, when I did try to, like, commit suicide, it was because I felt like I was a burden on other people. Mm-hmm. And so... um when someone says something like that to me, like I'm like, I put my sadness on them or, or that I like am emotionally needy or whatever that really, really gets to me. And, uh, right. That was something where I think made me start to feel like I had to distance myself. Um, Mm -hmm. because I can't be around someone who makes me feel like I'm a burden on them when I'm, uh, sad. Yeah, no, I've ha- I've repeatedly been in situations where men, you know, they'll be like, there was this one guy I dated a few years ago where he, like, he would say things like, <laughs> like, I had, like, I feel like I've had my life together more than most people for quite some time. Like, I've been, like, 
I've lived alone for like almost five years and, you know, I've had, you know, good jobs at mm. law firms and such and I'm able to like pay all my bills and stuff. But this guy, like he fucking hated himself. So he would like constantly like cut me down and say things like, uh, he'd be like, oh, you can't even take care of yourself. Like you have, you have no life skills. You, you know, nothing about life or even just like basic things like, well, not even basic. Okay. So he, I don't, have you ever been around like. Like a malignant narcissist type person? Probably. Okay. <laughs> this guy, like, so he he was, like, extremely, like, emotionally and verbally abusive. And he, and psychologically abusive, where he would, like, turn everything around and, like, use gaslighting and these sorts of methods of control. And <laughs> I remember, like, for example, like, one time I was, um, I was washing the dishes at his apartment. And I finished washing the dishes and... Uh, he comes over and he's like, what's that? And he's like pointing at the ground. And I'm like, um, it's a water droplet. And he's like, oh, if you got a drop of water on the floor, you're a fucking failure. He's like, you fail. And like, he would like say stuff like that and then say like, oh, because you did this, like, we'll never have a serious, serious relationship or we'll, you know, like he would like yeah. threaten me, like withhold certain things for me, like because of like stupid shit like that. Or like one time, like I made the bed and like the sheet was uneven. It was according to him, you know, it wasn't up to his fucking standards. And then, you know, he would like, I, I hate, I, the reason I talk about this is because I think this will help women maybe i don't know mm -hmm. but like he would like do things like punish me by like not talking to me for like seven days or something yeah well i've heard of women doing this too like withholding sex or withholding using um, silent treatment which is right. like my therapist said that it's like that's one of the most abusive things that people can do is using silent treatment. Well, I mean, when, when you're in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after you break up, sometimes you got to well, cut even, the person Well, even out. like in a friendship where you're like, if if you're like, tell somebody like, oh, I'm not going to talk to you until so-and-so and so-and-so, you know, it is like kind of like a childish sort of like right. empty threat, you mm -hmm. know, where it's like, what exactly? Like if you're using they're, it, they're trying to use it for control. If you're using it to get something that you want. Absolutely. Right. Um, I think sometimes you have to, like, cut people out to move on from them. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, with the whole, like, emotional abuse thing, sometimes I, I, I don't know. Because I feel like if you do know someone long enough, you start to really get to know them. And you know what really, really cuts them deep. Mm -hmm. And I think... Oh, oh, definitely. Even if you're not, like, an emotionally yep. abusive person, if someone hurts you or if you know, you get in a big fight. Everyone has said things mm -hmm. that they regret later or that they yeah. like, that might be taken wrong, which is why like with a lot of stuff, um, but of course there are absolutely emotionally abusive gaslighting pieces of shit. Yeah. There's something um, that I remember. I had a boyfriend who died and he would like do that. He would like, he would like take these things that he knew bothered me and then if we had a fight he would throw them in my face and i remember once um well we were broken up and i had broken up with him to have sex with somebody else because he was on opiates and couldn't get it up mm -hmm. and <laughs> and i remember he made a comment like uh heather you think you're so attractive but you know, you think this guy wants to, you know, fuck you and romance you. What is he going to do? Rip off your big clothes. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah. You know, That's like hurtful. a real roundabout way of calling me fat. 
I try really, really hard to, when I get in a fight with someone, to not do that. And I know I've, like, slipped up a few times where I've probably said some shitty things, but I think for the most part, I try to keep to, like, this is how this made me feel or whatever, like, very, like, mature because I don't want to regret something that I said later. Yeah, yeah. No, I really try now, like, when somebody does something that hurts me i'll tell them like you know this hurt my feelings Mm -hmm. or how are you supposed to say it like this hurt my it hurt my feelings when you or it hurt my or my feelings are hurt how are you supposed to say it like like, an i statement yeah like i feel (laughs) yeah (laughs) whatever i don't know but for me i just i know that i've gotten in fights with friends like in college that we've both said things that like we regret into this day we still like i'm so sorry i said that and um, it's it's hard because you can't take stuff back, sure. and you know you never know when someone's. Oh not man, gonna, and I'm not like, gonna be I'm around a fucking, tomorrow. I am a grudge holder. Like there are people yeah. who like I I am friends with them, but like there are things that they did like years ago where I'll like think about it, like and I'll sure. be like, oh, I remember when they did this. So well, I feel like everyone's kind of like that. Like you forgive, but <laughs> you can't forget. Like, right? You know, some some when someone breaks your trust, it's hard to to forget that right and you know and it and it's and maybe this is like really narcissistic of me but like i feel see this is the narcissistic side of me like i may have like we're grown up with like low self-esteem well narcissism is tied in with the low self-esteem sometimes but no all the time but um this is the thing. So, like, I'll always think to myself, like, oh, well, I'm, like, such a great fucking friend, and and they should be thankful they're even breathing the same air as me, and that they're even, like, in the same room <laughs> as me, and they're just ungrateful. And, and I genuinely believe that a lot of the time when, like, people are, like, treating me like trash. I'm like, they're they're fucking crazy, like, because I think I'm so great, you know? Well, I think that you should feel that way, that people, that, like you have something to offer a friendship and like whatever but they and and that they should be giving the same back but at the same time like it's good to be able to admit when you're wrong and um. right no i i'm able to do that but i really <laughs> i do think i am like a good friend you yeah. know well that's good. and i really try that to was be. something that i have a really hard time like uh is something that i've had to do to build my self-esteem and again really embarrassing but you've already seen my vision board um my therapist like makes me kind of like list what my good qualities are oh one of them that i always am able to say kind of without question because that's hard for me it's hard to like list your good qualities like well i am that like right nobody has a easy time doing that yeah um and so, but one of them I'm always pretty confidently able to say is that I am a good friend. And that's something mm-hmm. I'm very, very proud of. And so, like, I do feel like if someone's not giving the amount of effort and um, not treating me like I deserve to be treated, then they should, like, they shouldn't be, yeah, able to be my friend. Why, why would they be able to if they don't treat me well? <laughs> right yeah um and same with relationships or anything else and then i was recently talking to um a a bigger comic who told me that like (laughs) who told me that like she now she's gotten to a point where she just thinks like if she gets rejected or passed over for something she's like well they're gonna regret that later 
Like mm-hmm. they should want to work with me. And she's like, that's how sure. you should feel too. You should think like, Oh, sure. like, you know, they should want to work with me. Yeah. And if they don't, then that's their missed opportunity and they're going to be fucking caking themselves later. Oh yeah. No, totally. Like I really am like starting to bring that into all aspects of my life. I actually recently, <laughs> no, just the other day I had to uh, withdraw from a comedy festival because one of the founders uh, is accused of rape. You know, the old R word. And <laughs> and I just like told him straight up, you know, like, I just don't want my name associated with this. Mm-hmm. And so I think, uh, you know, like maybe a couple of years ago, I would have been like so desperate to like perform on something, you know, like as a comic, like when you're initially starting out, you're so fucking desperate for approval that of you'll course. like, you'll do fucking anything. Yeah. And now I just like feel good at the point where like, I feel like I can like decline doing something, you yeah. know, because I'm able to. And yeah. that's another, to me, that's another aspect of like just improving my self worth and self esteem. Well, I remember the first time I did a road gig and, and accepted it without pay and mm-hmm. drove like four hours to do a gig where I wasn't getting paid. And I remember that Eric Myers was doing the same show and he uh-huh. was getting paid. And he asked me if I was getting paid. And I was like, no. And he was like, never do that again. He was like, never drive four hours to a show and yeah. don't get paid. What are you doing? Right. I was like, well, I didn't want to ask. Cause, like, I've never really gotten booked. He's like, no. Like, know your worth. Yeah. And so now, like, whenever I get you know something where i'm gonna have to drive a while like i'm like hey how much am i getting paid and even that for some reason is hard for me because like oh I, but that's that's like difficult for anyone especially yeah. you know in the los angeles area where like sometimes like you know people will ask you like oh will you come do my show in uh the buttfuck desert and it's like yeah. <laughs> you know it's like three and a half hours this way and then you're and then they're like oh yeah it doesn't pay anything you're like no i'm not doing that you know yeah. Like, I've gotten to the point where, like, I have, like, certain standards for, like, what I will and will not do. At least cover my gas, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, (laughs) Like, definitely gas money. Uh, Gas and a place to stay. I won't name a name, but there's a show that's kind of far and they don't give (laughs) you... They don't give you gas money. Well, actually, I think the show is on hiatus right now. And I was oh. like, good. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes back, they should be giving gas money because it's yeah, far. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but see, that's the thing is like comedy, <laughs> you know, as the most respected art form in the world. <laughs> uh, <laughs> glorified clowns. Yeah, no, exactly. No, comedy, like comedians are some of the like. I mean, you've, we've been around comedians. Like, mm-hmm. so many comedians are just the most desperate, like, pathetic people. <laughs> and, <laughs> Me included, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm not thinking about you. I'm, I'm just like, some, you know, some of the characters that we see out there. Right. It's like, they'll, like, do anything. And, like, and I think that's what, like, drags down comedy, like, in the right. general, like, social consensus. Like, where people, like, look down on it. Yeah. When really, it's like so difficult and there's way too many people doing it who the shouldn't be doing is, it i think it's like one of those things where like with Flooded. open mics you can have just like anybody can do Jerry it yeah coming up and yes then like people go to those places like where they're holding just like an right. open mic and thinking it's a show and then comedy they're like oh wow comedy sucks but yeah like, exactly well, no, this isn't a real show yeah like seeing any sort of like bad comedy that like it definitely affects like people going to see comedy. A comic told me that there's like a statistic out there that 
the average person only gets to see two live comedy shows their entire life. I didn't and I was see like, what? one until like right before I started stand up comedy. I'd never seen a live comedy show. Wow. And um yeah. and I've heard so many people like that have come to my shows and I'm not saying this is like a brag, I'm saying this that they've probably seen some shitty comedy just be like you know, I don't normally like comedy, but I had so much fun here. Right. And it's like, well, you don't like comedy because, one, you're you, maybe you're watching it on, like, Netflix, which... Oh, me, my God. For Ugh. me, I feel like mostly, first of all, you got to find the right Netflix specials. And yeah. there's so many of them. Way and then also, like, it's such a different experience when you go yeah. to a live show and you're drinking and other people around you are laughing like very rarely do i watch com like i yeah. watch it and appreciate it like when i'm yeah. watching it but very rarely do i watch it on a computer yeah, exactly. screen and laugh oh it no it's so so different like the immersive experience of what live comedy is supposed to be i mean because you know i this is so corny but like laughter literally is contagious right. and like when yeah, people absolutely. around you are laughing they're having a good time mm-hmm. you know that's what it's supposed to be they're com- that I've watched their specials and been like, uh, and then like I've seen them live. And yeah. Like, oh, they're killer. They yeah, know no, how to I work think, a room. I think specials and they're so, there's so fucking many of them right now. There's so many. It's unbelievable. And some of them are great. Sure. Yeah. Um, there's a few that stand out of my mind. There's some that I would, I'll never watch again. <laughs> but I understand why so many people think that they hate stand up comedy and it's, and it sucks. And, um, I don't know. What I would say is definitely go to the comedy store and sit in the OR. Yeah. Um, on like a yeah. Tuesday. Well, Wednesday, one of the first Thursday. places I ever saw a live com. Well, okay, I lied. So like, I think the first. I'm trying to think of the first time I ever saw a live standard. It might have been seeing Dane Cook live <laughs> in Denver somewhere. I I remember going to see him twice at like some big ass like convention yeah. center. You know, which is like, that's a weird thing for comedy, too, is when it's performed in this, like, gigantic, you know, like when they have it at, like, Madison Square Garden. Right. I've never been to, like, Madison Square Garden and seen comedy there, but I can tell you that from seeing, like, Dane Cook in a convention center, that experience oh, is, like, you know it's what? skewed also, I you know? Used, I was thinking, I was thinking that my first experience with live comedy was at the comedy store, but it wasn't. I saw, odd. I went to Oddball. Oh, okay. Oddball Festival, and the one that is I, that is did they have it outdoors the one that i i don't know if they do like like all the different venues are outdoor but the one i went to was outdoors and i was like on the lawn right and that's so like there's people like talking around yeah you. like it's so big that you can like yeah. you're so far away from it and i felt like that was bad for comedy i remember the yeah. only person that actually and there were so many great comics on the show and the mm-hmm. only person that i was still laughing at was louie um and that was when i first saw him one but of my favorites god what? bless uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh godspeed <laughs> yeah like it's it's not a good uh and i think also one of the things that pissed me off one of the things that make people think that like women aren't funny is i've mm. seen all these sh- and honestly i'm gonna say right now i don't think that I've had a harder time in comedy because I'm a woman at all. I, I believe that about myself also. I, I, I really don't. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, my God, comedy is so hard because I'm a woman. Right. <laughs> I don't feel that way at all. I do think the one thing that pisses me off that hurts women in comedy is that 
when I, and I don't even care. I don't get angry when like, I see like a hot woman booked and I don't like, Mm -hmm. that isn't funny because she's not taking opportunities away from me. We're obviously very different and we're going to do different things and it's fine. Right. But I do think it hurts. Like I did a show booked by a comic. I'm not going to say who, um, but and I only got on the show because one of the guys that was on the show was like, hey, you should put her up. And okay. the only people that were booked on the show were like all these really funny dudes. And then two like hot women I'd never of heard course. of. Like, so, the, so like two tokens, no jokes, hot female, comedians. which I'm not saying a hot woman because God bless fucking Nikki Glazer. God bless Ali Wong. Beautiful yeah. women. Oh yeah. Funny. No, you can be hot and be funny. I mean, I'm if not, guys, you've seen my comedy. I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying <laughs> these particular women were just blondes with big tits and no jokes. Sure. And they were the only women booked on the show. And then all these funny dudes. So if I was someone who knew nothing about, comedy and i went to that show and sat in that audience i'd be right. like man women suck at this yeah and just because that was my experience with it so i understand that and i, yeah, I feel totally like get that too. those types of bookers hurt women yeah exactly because they're not booking the women who right who it isn't crush, about booking you know? more women it isn't about booking it's booking it's a funny booking woman women who are good yeah <laughs> that a good whether comic, yes. you know no matter who they are and so like it just that's the one yeah thing no I it definitely is a thing that bookers will book like certain women because they want to like fuck that woman you know right and um, I, you know, obviously that's why I get booked uh, constantly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just like can't stop getting dick offers. Um, <laughs> no, I actually think that uh, being a woman in comedy has really helped me. I think so too. Um, with me, with me yeah. as well. People are looking because, for funny women yeah, right they, now. They're, they're looking no, for they're, them. They're desperate for yeah. it. I think that if you're a woman and you have a modicum of talent, you will have a career. Yeah. And I've only been doing stand-up for like... I, like almost five years and i feel like for how long i've been doing it i'm doing great you know yeah. <laughs> like with like some of the things i've done and the shows i've been on and festivals and i've done absolutely you I'm know three years in october and just yeah film something for comedy central and yeah I'm not well saying, you know i'm not saying because <laughs> i'm a woman i earned it but at the same time i do think that um, you get noticed more. You stand oh, out definitely. a little more. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like, people will take notice of that, for sure. Like, I could be just as... F- and I know this because I have so many friends who are just, like, white guys or whatever. And I don't mean to say, like, wow, straight white guys have it so yeah. hard. You had your time. Shut up. But, like... I do know, like, straight white guys who are just as funny, if not funnier than me, and I know they're not going to get the same opportunities as me, because just because they don't stand out. Sure. Not because people are like, fuck you, you're a white guy, but yeah. they're not going to, someone isn't going to yeah, see I've, them and I've, be like, ooh. You know? I literally have, there's so many male comics who I'm friends with who, like, they've literally straight up and like, Heather, please let me ride your coattails when, yeah. when something happens for you. I'm like, oh, I'll think about it. <laughs> you know? I've had guys say that to me too and they're yeah. funnier than me. But some oh, part, of me, part, of me, <laughs> part of me knows like, yeah, I might have to like pick oh, them up. <laughs> well, no, there's certain guys who like, and I'm not trying to say like, oh, if I like got a show or if I got in a writer's room, I would only be like pro white male straight comics. But there's like certain dudes who like, 
you know, if they've like looked out for me and like been yep. there for me and supported me, I feel like like so many men have been my biggest supporters in comedy, even more so than women. Yeah. You know, yeah. and yeah, of course, I you're going to take those people with you if something happens, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah, that's the moral of the story, guys. I'm going to be very rich. And if you were mean to me, I'm going to remember it. Uh <laughs> So I don't know what'll happen, but I I think I feel confident that I'll have some type of career happening. I don't know what it's going to be. Who knows? But I think that me being a woman, especially with some of the things I talk about on stage, you know, I think I like go to places that a lot of men won't even like touch on stage. Well, that's what I was saying with the with uh, sending your tweets and saying that you were saying is I was like, if she can expertly hone this yeah into stand-up yeah that it would be something that so many people could relate to and she could turn these crazy meltdowns into something so lucrative (laughs) i swear to god no that's what i'm trying to do and i think i'm like headed that way like i just got back from portland and i you know i got to do some longer set you know how stage time is in los angeles it's uh yeah because <laughs> i get you by. i've seen you you do even on twitter and on stage it's like it's a character but it's like yeah a, well i wouldn't call it a character but i would say it's, it's like a, a persona version yes. of your set it's, yes it's, you're taking a yes. part one part of yourself obviously yeah. it's not the whole thing you're taking one part of yourself that we all hide yeah and enhancing it yeah and i think that if you could really like hone that and um that it would be yeah something different and something that people would really enjoy and i think you should keep doing it yeah that's what i'm working but yeah definitely it's definitely like a persona because like Oh my god, I got into it with, so my ex got all fucking mad at me because he thinks I'm, like, constantly, like, tweeting about him. And maybe I am, but, like, also, like, I'm allowed to write whatever I want to write on Twitter anyway. And he's blocked, but anyway, so he, um, he's like, oh, you're, you're a hack on and off stage. (laughs) He actually said that to me, and, like, he's not good at comedy. Um, (laughs) but, like, he was saying all this stuff, like, oh, you're pathetic on and off stage, and, you know, all of your tweets are just, like, written in this crazy, desperate tone, and I'm like, yeah, that's my, like, internet persona like i have in like a definitely an internet i would say also look at earl skakel's twitter if you talk to him in person (laughs) but where he's talking about like palmers and like his (laughs) twitter is 100 percent a part of him like totally there's a part of him that is a bitter like la like i hate everyone sure hollywood type but that's not all. He's a very, you know, sweet dude. Yeah. He, uh, but his Twitter persona is very, I've yeah. told him, I was like, your Twitter persona intimidates me. Like, I don't know <laughs> what to do with it. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it's, that's what we do is we, we, we're almost a caricature of ourselves. Yeah, definitely. And, but I think that's how comedy is supposed to be done. Like right. you, it is supposed to be like a sort of like amped up persona. And yeah. that like, that's what most well, it's taking do. some of the most honest parts of yourself that maybe you don't even really like about yourself and just being like, well, here it is so that other people can relate to it and be right. like, wow, that's a part of myself that I'm afraid of showing. Yeah, no, because it's true. I get actually a lot of 
messages from people Mm -hmm. um i get messages from people being like wow like you know you're so honest on stage you're so honest on facebook like with some of the stuff you're talking about i'm like yeah this is exactly what i'm going for things we all go through inside right and and it's also i want to talk about things that society tells us we're not supposed to talk about Mm -hmm. you know like mental health like wanting to like key somebody's car you know (laughs) like you know shit like that Mm -hmm. like hating your ex like you know because like everybody just wants to like be like oh everything's great you know and like Mm -hmm. it's not like things are not great all the time so why do we have to pretend that like it is you know so that's you know basically what i'm going for um i guess we should talk about wait when is your uh i honestly have no idea when it's being released i have no idea um they haven't told me much right i can't say i mean like i won't give away like who won or whatever but i did roast battle joe urell Right. Who is, he roasted me the other day. Did for he? wearing a monogram necklace. Hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Joe's so funny and he's, you know, he has cerebral palsy and um, I legit thought Comedy Central hated me when they called me to tell me he was the one I was roasting and I thought I literally I thought it was going to go so bad because it, it's not the normal roast battle crowd, which in the belly room it's like people know what the sure. show is. They know Joe. These are people who like, you know, they get tickets online. I don't know how, where yeah. did most of the people come from? I honestly don't know. I know some of them were like one iota is like a, it's a um, company that does like tickets Live for tapings Yeah, and stuff. like talk shows and stuff. And I know like a lot of people come in from out of town and they're in LA on vacation. Like, I want to go to a TV, a professional right. TV yeah, yeah, exactly. or whatever. Like, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I knew it would be a different crowd and a different environment, and I didn't know quite how they would take it and handle it. And I thought that maybe I would become like a, I would look like a bully, and that when it got released, people were gonna like just hate me. And I was like so scared that like I was just gonna be this hated bitch who was bullying a guy in a wheelchair. Like I just oh, did not want to do it. I mean, I did. I wanted to do it. I still did it. <laughs> but, like, I was like, oh, man, I don't know how this is going to go. But I guess all publicity is good publicity. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's right. That's but, what we say here. Um, it's so funny because there's this girl, Karen Feehan, in New York. I know her, yeah. The first, I knew who she was before I knew who she was in comedy. Because sure. Because she was on this show, My Big Fat Fabulous Life. Have you ever oh, seen that? Oh, I, I have seen it. I have seen it. She was telling that, that girl episode? that she was, like, fat. Yeah, she was, like, yeah. fat shaming Yeah, her no, it's this girl who, like, like she honestly is, like, really fat. But, like, yeah, yeah, like but that's what the show is about. Pounds. Yeah, no, she's, like, trying to lose weight and she's, like, dating. And it's, like, oh, my God. It's, like, it's, like, stressful to watch. Yeah. Like, I started watching but it. She, I, I couldn't her whole it. thing is, like, yeah, I'm fat, but I'm still fabulous and happy and whatever. And right. it's whatever if you if that's what she is then fine but like there was an episode where they like had Karen yeah. on some radio show yeah and, yeah. and the girl was like I watching her on the radio show say that like like just make jokes about fat people or whatever and then uh they like Karen like invited her to a comedy show she did and then she like oh talked boy. shit on the girl and they got this, in this big fight and Uh-oh. she was fat shaming her or whatever right and so now she just jokingly has on her twitter that she's the fat shaming comedian or <laughs> And honestly, I don't really know her, but like, I know people who know her and I like, I, and I, I know, um, some of the people, (laughs) I don't want to say this, but she's not, she doesn't hate fat people. (laughs) Okay. Um, but, uh, 
it's just funny because you know and that's i knew her because of that right so, like she got a lot of publicity off of that and then maybe people watch her comedy and think oh she's actually kind of funny or whatever so i was like i took that as like an example of like yeah maybe some people will hate search me because i bullied a kid in a wheelchair oh sure i get hate and fans. realize yeah. like oh she does this show all the time where they call her fat and ugly and she calls them crippled and it's fine or whatever right and so like um but the way the taping went was not what I expected to be. It went very well and everyone was really on board and Joe killed it. And, um, I think that made it easier also. And we just all had a great time. And I think the fact that Anthony Jeselnik was a judge and like, he's great, uh, gets it and all of that. Yeah. So, and they, it was the last night of taping. So people kind of got the show by then. And, right. um, it was a lot of fun. It was probably so far the most fun thing I've done in comedy. Um, and it was very motivating as far as like, I hope that I get to do something like that again. It's making me work harder to be like, okay, what's the next thing I get to do like that? You know? Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, Jeff, definitely when it comes out, check it out. Uh, comedy central.com. Yeah. I think it's, it's airing Tuesday nights yeah, on comedy uh, central right now. TV shows Tuesday nights, um, at 10 PM at 10 PM. And, uh, it's a really great show and I was really proud to be a part of it. Yeah. I got to see one night of filming and it was, it was really fun to watch. Um, which is good because like, I was kind of like, I was kind of like burned out on the show and, mm-hmm. you know, not wanting to, I've been battled since May. Yeah. I think it restored a lot of people's excitement about the show. Right. I feel like there was kind of like a moment where everybody was like, okay, we're still doing this. <laughs> and know? honestly, I think the night of filming you saw was like the least fun night. Oh, Wow. Well, um, that's good, but, but <laughs> it's good that I witnessed that. Because uh, yeah. you went the first night, right? Yeah. And then I was out of town the rest um, of the week. But, like, it, I think it really did just get better and better. And, uh, I mean, you got, got to see Keith and Connor's dicks. So that was fun. That's true. I did Our get to see. Uh, well, actually, I had seen Keith's dick before on Twitter because I remember he didn't he like tweeted at Donald Trump yeah. once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very yeah, large and uncircumcised. And it was uh, uncircumcised. Wasn't it? I have to look at it again. I don't know. You know, I've never seen an uncircumcised penis in person. Oh really? Oh wait. Have I? I don't think no, I have actually, I have. I take it back. <laughs> I take it back. I hooked up with a guy who was like kind of European. Okay. <laughs> he was British. That's like kind of European. Yeah. I don't know. It's, do they? They don't have circumcised dicks. Well, I I would assume most of them do. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Anyway. Um, but yeah, they did a naked <laughs> roast battle, and that was really fun. That's also being released digitally, and. Hmm. Uh, That'll be a good time. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. And you definitely, uh, you know, deserve it. You know. Thank you. Yeah. You are not. Um, hmm. Are you going to battle again in the you know, belly room? Probably, but more far between, few and far between. Um, yeah. I, but I do enjoy the show and I think it's really fun. And I, I think I would only do it for like, you know for fun i wouldn't be as like competitive with it and i not that i think by the end i still what that's what i was doing was i i didn't really care as much and i was very like just trying to have fun um but more so now i think uh i just want to do it with like friends and 
and have a good time with it and whatever and who fucking cares who wins or my ranking or whatever uh but yeah i'll, I'll still probably do the show well every you once know in a while. yeah so like rankings and stuff like that like i used to like really like get all bent out of shape about like yeah. losing a roast battle or like you know being ranked once i got number one i was like eh, whatever now i don't really care <laughs> well of course because you've reached the <laughs> You reached the pinnacle. See, as somebody who's never been ranked, I think the highest I've ever been ranked is like 34 or something. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't care, you know? I think when I started really climbing the ranks was when I stopped caring. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm definitely at that point. So we'll see what happens yeah, in the future. Like, you just like yeah. write good jokes. No, and because have like fun. in my head, I'm like, oh, this matters so much. When really, when you think about it, like the rankings don't matter. Doesn't when you matter look at, at the rankings and like some of the people who are in it, you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this person. Yeah, and uh, quite honestly, I'm, I'm very respected and feared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all that matters. You know, I want people to fear me. It's a good time. It's a really fun room and uh, whatever. But I'm excited to just more focus on my stand up right now and try and get on the road more and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. But of course, I'll still go back and do it for fun because it's. It's a really fun show, and I love doing it, and I owe a lot to it. Um, yeah, I think I've gotten a lot of, like, not, you know, not to be like, well, I'm, like, so successful. I, like, I think I've gotten a lot more visibility from it, mm-hmm. like, in the comedy scene. And just, like, like fans on, like, Twitter and Instagram and stuff have found me through that, you know? Yeah, So absolutely. I do owe a lot of whatever to that. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I had someone my who came all the way to Los Angeles to see Roast Battle and then he mistook me for Rena Hundred. Wait, where did he come from, though? <laughs> I don't know where he was from, um, but he was—he ran out. I was leaving with uh, <laughs> a friend of mine, ex-friend of mine, um, and uh, he ran out and was like talking to him. And then he was like, "Rena, right?" And I was like, "Nicole." Oh and he my was, like, And this God. is the time where I was literally like west coast champion whatever um <laughs> and uh, he was like rena right and i was like nicole and he was like oh my god nicole buchanan i'm so sorry <laughs> and then later on he sent me a message on instagram spelling my name wrong being like hey nicole um how did he spell nicole wrong he with an h which is the retarded uh, way Just okay yeah sorry nobody nobody should ever do that <laughs> um he's like hey nicole uh sorry i mistook you for rena hundert uh, I was actually just running out there to get a picture with uh, your ex. He didn't say <laughs> my ex, but he said the guy's name and was right. Like, and uh, it was just very insulting. But it's fine. We're cool. I, I was like, all good, buddy. <laughs> and he was yeah. like, I hope to see you on season three. Hey, guess what? You will. Yeah, you um, will. But yeah, it was a, <laughs> that was a good time. Uh, that humbled me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I think I've honestly gotten a lot of fans from doing the mean boys podcast uh they have a good shit following. i should get on that they have a good, <laughs> they have a good following not only like a, they do a, they're not only a good following but like they're very like loyal like they like yeah we had a guy like come like drive three hours to see a show that i was on and oh my god uh he like knew everything about me he was talking to me and like not in a creepy way like i made kind of an inside joke on stage uh just for me and um the guy was like 
oh, I, I knew what you were talking about, blah, blah, And I was like, how do you know so much about my life? And he was like, well, after I heard you on the Mean Boys, I listened to every podcast you've ever been on. And um, so he knows my life story because I don't hold back on podcasts. And so uh, that was fun. They're, they're, they're good uh, people. So I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the more you just kind of, and I got connected with them through Roast Battle. And there's three of my, talk about three guys who have supported me so much and yeah. been there for me. Those are probably three of my best friends here. And um, if I ever had was working on any kind of project, they were pro- they're probably the first three people I'd call. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Rose Battle's done a lot for me, but I, I am ready to to m- move on from it a little bit and 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 work on stand up and stuff. But I'll absolutely still do still do the show because um, it's a lot of fun for me. I really like it. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, it's helped me like just be more comfortable with like losing, and then also be more comfortable with things that. Like, I feel like I've have been, like, uptight about in the past. Like, people, that people, like, make fun of me for. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I was saying like, this, it doesn't matter. Really, <laughs> in a weird way, I felt like it gave me a lot of confidence. And not yeah. Like, not, like, false confidence to where it's, like, you say affirmations in the mirror and you say, I'm beautiful and yeah. I'm this. And I'm, it's like, well, maybe I'm not, like, the most beautiful girl in the world. Maybe I'm not. And maybe I'm, I'm accepting everything I'm insecure about and my flaws and whatever. Um, and then just being like, well, I'm pretty cool anyway, and I'm still going to make you laugh, Yeah, you know? And, and I think that that's like a yeah, real exactly. kind of I had a battle I, when I battled Guam, like I, you know, they were like, you know, doing all the usual like stock jokes they do about me about yeah. like being like, I'm fat or oh, I'm was big that the one or where I'm you're a giant. A, was that, was that the one you, where you were like, I'm a very kind <laughs> <woman and laughs> no, I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm very attractive. <laughs> That was hilarious. And I, and I, I believe that. that. No, people, I was like, people loved that. It was great. Um, <laughs> I was being dead serious. No, yeah, it's it's really part of just getting up there and taking that. And yeah, like, because you know, honestly, like, because I've done it so many times, and I and so many people just wouldn't be able to handle it. No, and they're so terrified of it. But know, it really has like brought me to like another level. You know what's of funny is like people always think like people always say like how do you take those jokes about because people do like like the darkest things they can find about sure. you. like whatever if you were molested if you were if you had a suicide attempt if you're whatever they'll find the darkest shit they can find and like to me those weren't even the hardest it was the jokes about my looks and um i don't know why Matt, i hated that about myself i was like why are the, like the shallow like your fat and ugly jokes getting to me more mm-hmm. than anything But then when I started just like writing comebacks for it and like just standing up there and feeling like beautiful in a way that I'm just standing up there and taking it and laughing it off and being funny, like made me feel way more beautiful than like if someone were to stand up there and be like, you're so hot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, it it definitely gave me like a real confidence. And I I definitely owe that to the show. I think it's great. I totally get that. Okay, um, we're gonna have to start wrapping up. Yeah, absolutely. But, I show at ten. Uh, what the last thing I do usually on the show is I read people their birth card or their destiny card. Okay. <laughs> so, what's your birthday? April ninth, nineteen ninety three. I don't know if the uh, what year? No, <laughs> the year doesn't matter. Oh, okay, <laughs> I was just making another age comment. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same age. Yeah, Sa- born in the same ninety three, maybe. You look like you were born in. I think I was already though. masturbating in 1993. 
<laughs> me too. Straight out the womb. <laughs> okay. So April, so you're an Aries. Yeah. Well, that is, it's not relevant. Do you know what a birth card is? So it's no. like, so like, you know, a 52 deck of cards, it's like, mm-hmm. there's a card assigned to like different birthdays and okay. they're not necessarily related to astrology at all. Okay. But, uh, so yours is queen of diamonds. Okay. Okay. Hell I'm an yeah. ace of diamonds. So, okay. So let me read, uh, your card to you. And then, you know, if, if this applies to you, if there's any information that you could take from this, then, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just like a fun thing to do. Okay. Okay. Uh, queen of Diamonds. With so many threes in their life script, the Queen of Diamonds is bursting with innovative ideas and the drive to see them through. Their Three of Spades card in Mars is a motivator. They may have several different careers in quest for their true expression, but none of that energy is wasted as they build on their experiences from one to the next. They are also influenced by a three of clubs in Venus and a three of diamonds challenging karma card. Three threes is a powerful combination for variety and creativity, as well as contributing to worry and indecision. Having a queen of spades, another three card numerology. Uh, how do you pronounce that? I, I can talk. Numerology. Numerologically. <laughs> in Neptune suggests access to intuition and spiritual guidance. Channeling all that creative energy into a strong work ethic nearly assures success after midlife. There's a natural ability to synthesize the wisdom gained from a variety of careers and experiences and put it all to good use. The five diamonds in Uranus suggests that (laughs) (laughs) I said it correctly. Okay. Suggests that finances may go through ups and downs throughout life. Mostly downs. (laughs) The queen of diamonds makes the most of these transitions by making the necessary changes and taking on a new challenge in the spirit of freedom of movement. Blessed with endless creativity. It sees them through to the next opportunity. Queen of diamonds people enjoy the finer things in life and are able to generate the resources to attain them but often stress over cash flow and financial reserves they are keen business people and are quite talented at promoting themselves at their services mm-hmm. their supporting karma card the nine of diamonds naturally encourages their sharing of abundance if in alignment with a spiritual path queen of diamonds people express their generosity through supporting humanitarian causes assisting family members and donating to charities i'm such a good person (laughs) people of this card and suit are here to experience life in themselves through values acquiring worth both material and immaterial commerce evaluation financial matters and business okay and then they have some famous uh queen of diamonds so here's uh oh Kristen stewart uh okay Susie orman tom cruise uh. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> that brings us full circle. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of others, but you know. So take that with what you will. I mean, if you look up destiny cards, there is like a whole like. You know what's weird is like I've looked at stuff for like my like numerology and astrology and shit like that just for fun. I don't really believe. Yeah. It. And it never. I never feel like like the Aries shit really applies to me, mm. which is weird. Um. But, you know. Yeah, you know. I mean, because yeah, I don't really, like, see it as, like, a belief or anything. To me, it's just more like, oh, this is, like, kind of a fun thing to read about. Or, yeah, and I yeah. think that, like, with anything like that, with any kind of psychic or anything, like, you're going to take 
what you want to right. hear. Yeah, You're exactly. You're going to relate whatever they're saying to your yeah. own life. And if that helps you in any way, like, uh, be like, uh, oh, maybe this is what I need to do. Or, like, you know, make the own, connect- right. your own connection. Right. I totally to think there is, like, to me, there is this way of just, like, manifesting things that mm-hmm. like of what you want and like just sort of like drawing certain things to yourself like if you think negative about certain things you'll attract that and if you think positively totally. about certain things that'll come to you you know yeah. uh and that's the secret guys <laughs> <laughs> isn't that what the book is i don't know it's not a secret really yeah, no they shouldn't have called it that um okay so tell people how they can reach you on social media at nicole buchanan no h in nicole uh, and then b-e-c-a-n-n-o-n on twitter and um nicole underscore buchanan on instagram because who needs unified social media i'll probably fix that at some point i should take out that is underscore. there somebody who doesn't no. have an underscore oh okay. nobody <laughs> Is named Nicole Buchanan, so I don't know why I did that. Um, I should just unify them all, but yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. I right. thought, like, what if I separate my first name and my last name? Because then people won't be confused. Like, maybe they'll think my name is Nicole B and then Cannon. Like, what? <laughs> no. I yeah, don't know. And, and my social media handle, I don't know if it still fits with my brand, but it's Fixter Heather at on Twitter and Instagram, which I made before I was a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, guys. So, yeah. you know. Um, okay. Well, it was nice talking to you. Nice talking to you. Always. Yeah. you. Uh, I hope your visions come true. And I'm going to make thank a you. vision board and I'll show it to you. Hell yeah. Okay. We'll make our visions come true together. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, in the sky